What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Dish Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Judge Walker, how are you doing? Welcome to the platform. I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, 2022, trying to dodge this Omicron. Well, that's, <laughs> that is what we're doing on a full-time basis. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, your 2022 is getting off to a great start? Uh, not too bad. Not too no bad? No complaints. Okay, did you do anything for New Year's? You turned up, have a good time? Nope, I turned up right in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's, let's, let's jump right into it. Um, just give us a little background information about who you are, where you're from, and kind of abbreviated because i'm pretty sure it's a long story um and maybe some like inspirations or influences or just um key moments that made inspired you to become a judge okay well first of all thank you for having me first uh-huh. of all that that's appreciated uh again i'm judge allegra walker i am a general sessions judge here in davidson county i have been a resident of nashville since 1989 okay all but so i've been here all but um three years. I went to law school, came back. Uh, I am originally from Oklahoma. Okay. I am uh, a college brat, so I grew up on a college campus, Langston University, which is a historically black university there in Oklahoma. Uh, Came here, went to Fisk, so I'm a Fiskite. Okay. And um, so I've been here for a while. All right. So um, moving forward, just because I want to give you the nuts and bolts of the story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and not go all around the world. Um, what inspired me, well, my background is, is criminal law. Okay. That was totally um, accidental. It was not on purpose at all. I wanted to do anything other than criminal law. Wow. I initially wanted to be a sports agent uh, and be in entertainment law, but uh, that didn't work out. Did but you just play sports growing up? Nope, I just thought it was a sexy career <laughs> with lots of money and I could use my law degree with that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I ended up getting in criminal law just on a chance. I did some networking, um, met with some folks trying to, you know, help me out because I had a hard time getting started here in Nashville. Wasn't mm-hmm. from Nashville, didn't go to law school in Nashville, and right. I just had a hard time. Nashville um, wasn't all that friendly, to be honest. I'm not sure if it really is right now either, but right. you make it do what it's supposed to do. Right. So did some networking. They thought uh, Public Defender's Office would be a great place. Um, wanted me to call over. I called over. They interviewed me. I did like a, um, just a, not an interview, but they just wanted me to come over and see how the docket ran and was I really interested in that work because it's right. difficult work. Um, and it was like an instant love affair. It was like Jerry Springer on steroids, <laughs> to be honest. It was. Um, it was a love affair. So I started in the public defender's office. Was there for about seven years, transitioned out and did something else just because I was tired and you just get beat down in that job, I think, long term. Uh, Did something else for about six months, totally hated it. And I got a call from the DA's office, some friends of mine that were over there, went there for six years, loved it. Uh, And then from there, I took a gamble, a risk on me. And... um, I ran for judge and kind of here I am. What inspired me? Uh, 
being in the system for over 13 years, mm -hmm. uh, seeing things done incorrectly, seeing mm -hmm. judges be insensitive, we see judges that were totally out of touch with people, uh, being in, uh, culturally incompetent, mm. um, just, you know, right. seeing a whole lot of bad stuff. So um, I just figure if you can do it, I can do it too and do it better with a little style. Right. And uh, I think really I had a conversation with a judge one day about running for office because I had started to kind of get interested, and that judge told me, uh, my best bet would probably be trying to get an appointment through city council because a black woman would never win a um, citywide race. Wow. So I was like, you know what? I appreciate that thought, you know. Right. Thank you for that challenge, telling me what I can't do. Right. So kind of just certain events just kind of inspired me along right. the way. Uh, one of my good friends, Judge Angie, Angie Dalton, uh, ran about eight years before me and you know she was just like me you know we had right. the same background same everything she was able to do that you know right. she actually was the first uh, elected black female to the bench here in Davidson County so from there I was just like oh man right. okay I got eight years let me get this thing together and right. run it so right. Right. that was eight years in advance of planning but to be honest I really didn't think even then that I had a chance, you know, right. to do that. You look at other people and it looks easy, but it's not. Right. Um, so, you know, that was a little inspiration to me. Um, right. At that time, Barack Obama, President Obama, right. ended up getting elected uh, president. Who would have thought that? You right. know, he wasn't that much different from me. Right. Um, so it's a lot of things that I think inspired me and kind of fed, kind of fed my inspiration to do what I did. Nah, you, you hit on you hit on some things that I definitely want to go back and touch on a little later on. Okay. But um now, General Sessions Judge here in Davidson County, um, what happens? What is that role like? What 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 goes on uh for those like myself that don't have to show up in front of you and <laughs> Well I will say this, it is not as sexy as people make it seem. It's not. Okay. It's a hard I enjoy doing it. I wouldn't dream of doing anything else other than doing that. But it's a hard. It is a hard job because when the when it falls, it falls on your in your lap, and you uh -huh. don't have any control over that. So from day to day basis, um, I preside over uh, seventy five percent of my my job. What I do is I preside over domestic violence cases, okay. and those are the hardest cases in my opinion mm. um, to deal with because it's re relationships so right. it's you know intimate partner it's family it's a lot of things so those are difficult they are very uh, charged kind of cases mm -hmm. um, full of anger full of violence just some of the dark stuff that we right. don't really talk about and don't want to talk about right so I preside over those cases so my day is Monday <laughs> through Friday um, I have probation violations. I do orders of protection mm -hmm. hearings, and then I'll do uh, preliminary hearings and trials on domestic cases. So with domestic, there are three of us in the city that hear all those cases. So with domestic violence cases in general across the county, mm -hmm. um, it accounts for about 50% uh, of all crimes that happen in Davidson County. Wow. So whatever you might have done, let's say you had an aggravated robbery and you know, leaving the scene, um, you know, you committed some type of domestic violence act against, let's just say, your mother. Right. All that comes to me. Mm. And, you know, 
in the meantime, you didn't have a driver's license or right. they were suspended and, you know, they caught you with, you know, five grams of cocaine. Right. All those cases would come to me in addition to that domestic. So, I got, so I, our dockets get hectic with lots of other stuff um, on top of the domestic cases. So I got a, I got a, just, just a curious thought about domestic cases, being a black man, being a man. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> I got to ask. I got to ask because I, I don't personally know. But the narrative, um, and I guess this was society that the, 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 the picture that is painted would, would tell me, tells me that most of the domestic cases, um, the women, the woman is uh, primarily the victim. Mm-hmm. Um, as men, a lot of times we may be, we may face domestic violence, but because we're men, you know, we just suck it up. Uh, we not, I'm not calling police. I'm not gonna, you know, sure. as, I'm not gonna do that. So from your point of view and seeing it every day, all day, all the time, do you see more men coming forward about that? And are those kind of those ratios of that this more women are the suspect? Is that what you see most of the time as well? So statistics show with, with domestic violence, 70% of those victims are women okay. and about 30% are men. Okay. But you do raise a very important point because I just think with our society, men do not like to come forward and report. Right. So I, think, I do think those numbers probably are a tad bit higher. They just aren't necessarily reporting. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at domestic violence um, from a different lens, let's just say um, people who have alternative lifestyles, homosexual lifestyles, they also experience domestic violence. Right. They don't necessarily want to come to report that either because you may not want you right. know, the whole world to know what's going on within your household. So right. I do think those numbers probably are a little higher okay. um, than what we see, but statistically on paper, right. 30% of those victims are men. Wow. And 50% of all crime in Nashville is domestic. 50% of all crimes That's, are domestic violence crimes. That's crazy because you mm-hmm. don't see those on the news. That, that You know, to be well, 50%. You don't see, yeah, to put 50%. Too busy showing you all the murders yeah. that go on. <laughs> That's, wow. Dang. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, I guess, is it is it still kind of that Jerry Springer on steroids type of stuff? It just depends on what it is. This week was very Jerry Springer-ish, I will say. This week was rough. This week I, you know, I just left from court, in fact, right. and I thought, what happened this week? Where did all this come from? Right. So it just depends. Sometimes it can be quiet, um, and then sometimes it can be, you know, it can right. be Jerry Springer-ish. Other right. times it is very sad um, because I'm hearing, you know, it's just not for entertainment. There's right. real stuff that comes through. You know, there's... Right. Real stuff that happens. Right. So, um, with 70% of those domestic violence cases, women being the victims of, as a woman yourself, um, how does that sit with you? And I know you all have, you know, you have to stay impartial mm-hmm. as judges took an oath, but how does that weigh on you as a woman from when you're on the bench and then when you go home, just knowing that? you know, 50% of all crimes and then 70% of those victims are women. Well, I don't get paid to wear my feelings on my sleeve or my thoughts on my sleeve. I get paid to follow the law. And that's exactly what I have to do is follow the law. Um, And I've been in this business for 20 years. So I have seen 
and heard it all. So nothing's really going to surprise me in right. my job. Although about once a month, there's something that, you know, upstages right. last month's surprise. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I mean, I've been in the field for, for so long, right. and I totally understand uh, domestic violence and the cycles of violence and right. what gets people to court. So right. I'm in tune to that. Right. You know, I go and do um, education outside of the courtroom right. on my own, too, so I stay in tune, and I'm up on cutting edge of things that are, that are, that's going on. Right. Um, as a woman, I mean, I... I'm empathetic to what's going on. Like, right, right. I just can't let that. Right. I just can't let that affect me. When right. I leave out of the garage, I have to leave all that at mm -hmm. work. Otherwise, right. it's you a know, lot to bear. That's a lot. That's yeah. it's it's a heavy burden to bear. So right. I just have to. I have to train my brain to be able to separate right. work from home. Because right. when I leave out the garage, I'm a legger. I'm the mother. I'm right. a wife. I'm a daughter. So right. I have to flip into that role right. too, and I have to kind of do that in a way that allows me to be able to pour into my family right. and in the community and vice versa. So right. it's it's a tight rope, but I mean, you just have to walk it and know how to walk it. And I've done it long term, so it right. just kind of is automatic right. uh, for me now to do so. Yeah, I can only, I can only imagine, I'm pretty sure that's something when you initially came into this role or just the legal system you had to you had to train yourself mm -hmm. and mentally find mm -hmm. your balance for that mm -hmm. yeah no that's could i do that i don't know if i can do it you can do it <laughs> <laughs> can i don't do know it. if i can do it um i want to go back i was going to wait until later but i want it's on my mind now um you had mentioned that the one the kind of inspirations that um made you wanted to to be a judge and run is you seen that the system and the other judges were kind of culturally um insensitive culturally um, incompetent culturally incompetent uh -huh. culturally incompetent um we're black um we understand and know the historical um history of uh unrighteous punishment i would say uh, that our legal system here in the United States have bestowed on black folks. Mm -hmm. um, for you, being a black woman, how have you been able to navigate that space? Because we're harder on each other um, off just the fact of our skin color. Don't know you, might not know you, but oh, she or he's a black judge? I feel like because of all those historical things and some things that are still currently happening, you know, there's some exclusivity of giving breaks or putting that pressure or wearing that and trying to push that on judges or any elected or public officials that may have our skin color because of things that have happened. How, how do you navigate and balance that? Okay, it's very interesting. So as it relates to cultural competency. Mm -hmm. When I say cultural competency, it goes broader than just uh, being African-American right. and some of the issues that I've seen on the bench. So, yeah, are we competent to know what are some of the day-to-day -day struggles, not just black people, for poor people? Right. You know, so when you are poor, regardless of your skin color, 
there's problems, there's gonna be problems with health, problems right. with education, problems with transportation, right. problems with employment. It's gonna be all of that. Do you even speak the language? Do right. you, what kind of support system do you even have here um, to help you navigate through when you are in trouble? Um, you know, judges need to, you know, be a, a part of the community. You don't get a pass just to go and put on your robe every day and you sit somewhere on a throne and mm -hmm. you never engage with the community or even have a basic understanding of how community even works. Right. Um, and so I would see a lot of that. So it's, when I say culturally competent, it's it's a lot of things. You right. know, you need to understand um, sexual orientation. Right. I mean, you need to understand a whole lot of stuff, I think, right. when you get on the bench because that education, that basic knowledge and engagement allows you to be able to understand people, to feel people, to touch people, to right. embrace people, to know what's going on, to be right. able to also render good decisions as well. Right. Um, I think we are in a very good position right now in Nashville as it relates to that. Yes, we can get better, right. uh, but we got a whole lot of difference on the bench. You know, when I practiced, that was prior to 2014. So the majority of the bench was white male, and we had two, three, three white females. Um, now, of the 11, there's one, two, three, three African Americans in general sessions. Right. Uh, we have one uh, judge that is Latina. Um, we have a judge that is um, outwardly gay. Um, we got just a whole lot of different stuff. Like, we got judges who didn't grow up with that silver spoon. Right. Um, judges who went to HBCUs. We got right. judges, you know, who are just everyday people that right. they are not really, um, they're not from Nashville. They're not Nashville natives. They come right. in from all kind of, all kind of places. Like, right. I'm from Oklahoma. There's a judge who comes from uh, Louisiana. Right. Like, there's a judge... I mean, so they come from, I think we have a pretty decent bench. Yes, it can be better. Right. And those are ways that we're always going to have to educate and um, judges about folks. Right. Um, so the favoritism, how do I balance that tightrope with folks who see me as black and think, oh, man, you know. Right. I say that having me on the bench is a benefit to everybody. I've come up from public defender's office, so right. I have dealt with everything. I've dealt with, you know, the homeless guy. I've dealt with people with mental health issues. Right. That's a big topic, too, yep. that we don't like to talk about in our community. Right. You know, I've dealt with um, folks who have different sexual orientations. I've dealt with, I mean, I've just dealt with all these folks, folks right. who could not read. I have to sit and read the plea petition to you because right. you do not read. Um, so I've just dealt with all of it. I think that is a bonus for me right. sitting on the bench and why people should feel more comfortable because I, I totally get it. Now, I right. am eight years removed from that right now, but I right. get it. And right. on top of that, I stay immersed into the community to just know what's going on, mm -hmm. to be of service because that's just what I need to do. Like, right. that's that's just what it's about, really. Right. Well, why would I even be in the position I'm in and I right. cannot – serve as a community. Right. Uh, the community is better because I'm better. I'm better because they're better. Like, right. it all comes together. So, yeah, people do think they get some benefits sometimes. Or a hook, or a, should. A hook up, you know. <laughs> I'm there to follow the law. Right. Now, do I have discretion uh, at sentencing mm -hmm. to cut somebody a break right. if it falls within the law? Right. 
Absolutely. Right. You know, uh, do I lock some people up? Right. Yep, I do. Right. Do I give some people alternative forms of sentencing, mm-hmm. probation or right. a class that can help them right. or just some other stuff, a suspended sentence? Right. Absolutely. Do I waive some fees because you don't have a job and you're indigent and you can't afford to pay for it? Right. I sure do. So I do all those things. It's mm-hmm. not because, you know, you're getting some kind of magical, you know, right. African-American hookup. Right. It's because I understand and have a fondness and a love for people and understand that sometimes they get in bad places and they need some help right. just to get through and to get through probation or to get this expunged from their record or do things like that. So, right. you know, that's part of that cultural competence. You understand right. that and you truly embrace and love the community then that's just going to be seen across the board regardless of his black, white, Hispanic, right. you know, whatever it's going to be. I want to dive back into the, com- the community, the competence of the community <laughs> at large. Um, we have Community Court Watch here in Nashville, um, which I believe is a good way for community to, one, hold judges accountable, but to figure out what, what is going on and how the court operates, mm-hmm. um, what happens on an everyday-to-day type of thing for those who are not getting locked up all the time and knows the process, right? Um, can you talk to us a little about uh, your thoughts on Court Watch um, and how that, you know, maybe pros and cons, but also, like, you know, um, how, the, how the community can best benefit from participating in that, if that's something they want to do. So I think Court Watch is a great idea, first of all. Um, and as you said, it's a great way to bring um, advocates into the courtroom to see what goes on, to hold judges accountable. I think, so for me and some of my other colleagues, I mean, it comes not with a negative connotation, but it's like, okay, who are they and what do they want and what is your goal? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because sometimes with judges, um, you know, when people put you on blast, you were on blast for all the world to see, and right. we have to sit back and take it in case they do right. So we get nervous It's really what I'm saying. Like, okay. what is your goal? What is your aim? Kind of like when you called me for this interview. And right. I was like, who is this guy and what does he want? And why does he want me on camera? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so we don't always know what your intentions mm-hmm. are. Um, so I think that is a, a, a an area of improvement okay. because it's not always the bad guy. You know what I mean? I think right. they can uh, benefit from us and we can benefit from them as well. I just think there probably needs to be a, a gathering of sort to make that introduction to know who's in my courtroom, why they're here, and feel free to watch because it's open to the public. So anybody right. can come in right. any day. In right. fact, I invite you to come so you can see what goes on the yeah, yeah. violence court. Um, but anybody can come right. and watch. But for those people that are there watching, I think it's, it's imperative, it's extremely imperative that they know what's going on in court. What are they actually watching? To sit up front so you can actually hear. Because right. sometimes you can't always hear what a judge is saying, but to kind of know what's going on so you can put it in proper context as to what's going on. And then, because I know that you're coming and we've already made that introduction after court, we get to talk 
behind the scenes so right. you can ask me your questions right. as to what you just saw to help you process through what happened. Because a lot of times people still may not know right. what happened. Right. Uh, so in the perfect world, I would like to see that happen. Okay. I think it's beneficial on both sides. Um, it just needs to be a little better communication and okay. then everybody would benefit. Right, right. Yep. I think because everybody sees justice differently. Mm-hmm. For example, you're working on a docket, you have a case in front of you and I'm watching. You give out uh, a ruling and as a as a potential court watcher, because my, my how I understand justice may be different from how you understand the mm-hmm. justice you get given, I might say, ah, oh, Judge Walker, you know, she could have done this, 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 boom, 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 and yeah, she could, she was just too hard, right? Um, but and then you may not have known. Uh-huh. Right, and I'm was like, that really hard? Yeah, I'm, uh-huh. I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a because again, I think. On the outside, on the looking outside in. looking in, um, I think naturally, a lot of people may see our criminal legal system is just hard in general. Mm-hmm. Just, just tough. No matter what the case, it's just tough. It's just hard. Historically, it's it has just, been. Yeah, tough. Histori- yeah. Historically, yeah. <laughs> historically, it has been tough. And With then, not a lot of checks and balances, it's right. just been tough. And it's it usually tough. is tough on you know black and brown. Right. It, it, and, and then that culture mm-hmm. psyche plays a part of it as well. And so I think I, I like that idea. Um, I like your your ideal idea of especially that dialogue afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's some things that judges can't talk about about cases in general. Um, but I think that would help community a lot as uh, far as just understanding the processes on the decisions and how decisions are made according to you know Tennessee law. Mm-hmm. Um, and be able to intelligently ask questions or even ask if there were alternatives and be able to break that down mm-hmm. to them. Um, but I think, you know, it's easy for us to go in there blindly. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> Judge Walker didn't mm-hmm. do this. Nah, nah. And, not, and you know, because we all not coming in there understanding the law the same way or practice law and all that. Um, but I like that, though. I like. So are you open, you open to that? You open to? Absolutely. Okay. And to be honest, if when I know that people are in court, sometimes I'll have, let's say, high school kids uh-huh. or um, there might be just some kind of advocacy group. Right. If I know that they're there, you know, hey, how you doing? Right. At the end of the docket, or I, sometimes I may take a break and bring you back to my office, and then you can ask all the questions you want to ask. But that right. gets an understanding about what just happened, and I can right. answer questions, right. and then you don't have to just go away wondering or thinking right. something that, really was not that you know right not what it appeared to be so i think it's an excellent idea and i think all you know i don't speak for everybody i mean we're 11 right um and i'm just one of that but i think people would be open to it it's kind of like the police you don't really necessarily know like you have an idea about the police and it's not always that good right (laughs) (laughs) i think with you know good positive interaction with police you sometimes understand right. their role and they kind of understand what your concerns are right but that communication can really not necessarily forge a friendship but right. forge a healthy respect and an understanding for right. each other right and from there I think it just 
everything just kind of works its way, works itself out to some degree. You, you and I'm just using the police because that's just right. what's off the top, right? Just off the top of my head, <laughs> where I know that people, you right. know, the relationship is not shaky. always the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely shaky. And I um, think with judges, people don't know judges. People are just now starting to see and know black judges here in Davidson County. Like we're Johnny come lately, you know. So I'm always shocked when people. And I guess when I was growing up, I didn't know any black judges at all. Right. You know what I mean? But we're starting to get into the. We're starting to have them. We got seven right now in Davidson County that's on the bench, and elections are in May. So, and they're. The ballots are gonna be full. <laughs> I, I, I tell people that I speak, especially young folks, like police and judges kind of go hand to hand in a lot of ways because, yeah, the police might arrest you, but they're not ultimately making the decisions. The judges that you elect, that you can vote for, that you might have to see, if you do your due diligence, do your work, you know, you can you can pretty much gauge and control who's who's giving you your fate. Okay, so let me correct you. Okay, correct me. So we ne- don't necessarily go hand-in-hand with the police. Okay. I think the district attorney's office is more hand-in-hand with the police okay. because the district attorney's office picks and chooses what they're going to prosecute and bring before the judge. Mm. So to be honest, I don't really get that much interaction with people. So I okay. may have a docket of, let's say today, I had a docket of about 25 people. I only had one preliminary hearing today. Oh. Where somebody came face to face with me, okay. and I had to make a decision. All the willing and dealing is behind the scenes, and that's between the prosecutor, district attorney's office, right. and the defense attorney. Now, so I do very little. Yes, it, I'll take a plea, accept a plea, or I'll do a hearing or a trial, but most days I don't really get that kind of interaction um, with the people. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, so, okay. You, you, I'm going to kind of go off order right now because I'm going to ask you about it. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you about it. I didn't let you know, but I got to ask you about it. Uh-oh. We'll see. The DA's office. DA Funk, Glenn Funk. He, he, people will, people will say, the narrative would be, he did some willing and nilling. Um, recently, I would say fairly recently, um, uh, with the Daniel Hambrick case. Uh, with uh, Officer uh, Andrew Delkey. Delkey. Mm-hmm. I can't never get his last name right. Who was Delke. up for parole, I think, um, yesterday. And he denied it. Uh, okay. Yep, he said he would, uh, mm-hmm. but he denied it. Um, your thoughts on that decision um, that District Attorney uh, Glenn Funk made? So let me say this. I stay comfortably in my lane. Okay. And that's judge lane. Okay. I don't really get out of pocket too often, so I don't control the DA's office. I don't control the public defender's office, and I don't get up in the police department (laughs) business. I will say that I have been in the office of the district attorney. Like, I've been a prosecutor, so I do Mm -hmm. have an intimate understanding of uh, plea bargains and how things go to trial and Mm -hmm. how people deal with cases. I do have an intimate understanding of that, and the general public does not. So... You know, things that appear is not always what it appears. Same thing within my courtroom. Okay. If you don't have an intimate working knowledge of the courtroom, then what appears to happen on the bench may not necessarily is what's happening. Okay. If that makes sense. That makes sense. So, 
That is my official answer. I stay in Walker Lane, and okay. that is okay. Division Four, look, and I, stay look. out of everybody else's. I had to look. I had to. I had to ask you. I had to. I had to. I had to throw one at you right quick. Um, you mentioned staying connected in the community and really understanding um, community and really understanding like being tapped in as a judge so you can you know make better decisions and have better understandings when people come before you in court. Um, how are you staying connected with community uh, or how have you just throughout your, uh, your eight years thus far um, through your tenure? Um, because I don't know um, like you said, we're just now seeing a, like a plethora of like black judges, mm -hmm. but um, also I don't I don't know people just regularly trying to like hey you know is a is a I need to speak to a judge and you know are they holding something where I can ask them some questions and get a better understanding I don't know people many people that are intentionally doing that um, that is not in the line of like organizing and stuff like that um, so how have you been able to stay in tune with community and help community understand better what is happening in court. And so when they get there, they're not taking things out of context or you know, they can be, they can go in there with an intelligent understanding. So to be honest, my work in community just didn't start eight years ago. Right. It started long before that. So when I came back to Nashville and decided I was gonna be a member of this community, I got to working then just because that seed had already been planted, not even at Fist, that seed had been planted when I was a child growing up. Because mm -hmm. um, I grew up in a small you know community where we just did community service so i've always done this so right. it's not like work or i don't do it because of the job i do it because i love it and that's just what's inside of me right. uh to do and i think i've been you know i'm just the benefit of of you know crazy wild dreams of my ancestors so why right. am i gonna not give that back tenfold to right. to, to other people that's just right. what i do so while i've been here a lot of my community work uh is involves uh women and girls okay just to be honest i kind of keep it on purpose and keep it real intentional so right. it's women and girls. So I am involved in big organizations that do that type of work, like Lynx Incorporated, Alpha Kappa Alpha Incorporated. So I'm involved with some of those types of organizations, but I go out in the community and and, and do speaker engagements. Mm -hmm. uh, now that we've been in the pandemic, I'm always speaking about something on a Zoom call. Right. A lot of it's gonna deal with domestic violence. So right. a lot of that, I, I like to educate women and girls about domestic violence, men as well, because I think that's important too but a lot of that is domestic sexual violence related and it's education I go into the schools a lot and we'll talk to girls about uh, healthy dating you know relationships healthy right. boundaries with relationships so I'll do that um, I mean it's just so much stuff that's out there yeah, yeah, yeah. I do an oratorical contest every year Allegra okay. Walker oratorical contest and that's okay. just to try to get kids to open up their mouth and use their minds and their voices and right. speak and 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 have that power to be heard. Right. So I'll do that in conjunction uh, with Fisk University. Right. We didn't do it this year, but Pandemic. it's like it's been it's gone on for about six, seven, seven years okay. that, that we'll do that. Um, I'll go to read to kids at elementary right. schools. You know, they'll sometimes have me dress up in a robe and I bring my gavel and they get to right. ask me questions and, <laughs> and touch and feel all on me because they've right. not seen judges, you know right. what I mean? So to touch and feel and know that I'm a real person and I'm just mm -hmm. not, you know, on television right. is great. So yeah. I enjoy doing that and I'm going to read a book to you as well. Right. Uh, so I just get involved with 
Whatever. Read, read a mean, book and not throw the book at you. You know what? <laughs> and when people call, I always I'm gonna always answer and yeah. I'll always come, mm-hmm. um, and I'm never too busy right. for it because I just have time in my schedule. Right. I mean. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm sitting here talking to you. Yeah, you I answered mean. my call. You called me back. Hey, so, and, and we talked about it a little bit, just how, you know, it was a time where you just couldn't reach out to your to your judges. Because like, we didn't exist. Right. You didn't exist. <laughs> but also, it's intimidating. You know, a it lot is. of times I think it's like, oh, they, can, can I call a judge? Does, mm-hmm. a, does a judge have time to talk to me? You know? Mm-hmm. So... Um, but I'm calling though. <laughs> but I, but but that's good to hear, and I hope the, the viewers and watchers are listening. To this. Hey, call Judge Walker. She she willing to talk to you. And on top of that, on top of that, that it's important. That you just said that people are intimidated. You know, people are intimidated, and I try to, you know, I try my best because I can't control how you perceive me. Right. Uh, I try my best to be touchable, to be relatable, to right. be. You know, open so people don't get, you know, feel some kind of way about right. reaching out. But I, I will, I mentor a lot of college students mm-hmm. and young women as well, and bring students, especially to Fisk, because that's where my heart right. and my money goes. <laughs> um, allow kids to come in mm-hmm. and work under me. You know, right. do internships or just whatever right. they want to do, just to be able to. Be able to get to the court system on the back on the backhand side and right. not the front side. You can <laughs> right. walk through the back hallways, right. and I can take you through and meet Judge So and So or Judge So and So. Oh, So and So has a a trial. Go across the street, tell him I sent you. Right. Um, and you just get that kind of experience that people don't don't ordinarily get. Wouldn't be able right. uh, to get, but for people like me, right. on that bench. Nashville is growing. 100 people, something like that, moving here a day. I wish they'd uh, stop. <laughs> and I would you, I would think, right, more people, more crime. Um, so with that, where do you see the future of the national criminal legal system going? Um, and maybe what is it going to need that we, that we possibly don't have now? It's going to need some more money. Okay. Maybe the mayor is going to be listening to this right now. <laughs> gonna need some more money the you know with the growth of the city is gonna the growth of the criminal justice system unfortunately is gonna grow too and it's not always the criminal justice system the civil system is mm-hmm. gonna grow right. so I hear civil cases um, as well any dispute under $25,000 I also get to hear I hear cases on the mental health docket those are folks who have been committed out to MTHMI or or Parthenon Pavilion or some other places. I hear those. So with that growth, those things are going to grow too. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to grow. I also provide preside over environmental court where you know if you're not cutting your grass or you got too much junk piled up or right. you know you got roosters and chickens in the front yard or right. <laughs> the dogs are fighting and it bites you know right. a little kid. I hear that. So with the growth of the city, right. those dockets are going to grow. So. I mean, we need money to stay, you know, cutting edge with mm-hmm. technology. I mean, we had some challenges during the pandemic at the beginning. You know, clearly it's still going on. We're in our third year now. Imagine right. that. But when it first hit in 2020, we had lots of challenges with technology, and we were shut down. Like, the court system was probably shut down about more than half of 2020. Wow. And we did do eventually some Zoom-type uh, offerings, but again, 
from the criminal perspective, it's hard to do that because your people are incarcerated. Like they just have different challenges. Or if you're not incarcerated, you just may be um, poor and don't have access. To guess what? You don't have access to the right. internet, yeah, or you don't have time. your little fancy iPhone where you right. can just zoom in, you know, from right. your bed and be in court. So there's a lot of challenges that we experience with that. But I think those are going to probably be, you know we're gonna have to work that out and we're gonna have to keep moving forward. I think at some point, I don't know, there might be a need for another courtroom. Mm. I don't know, but you know, the dockets are getting bigger. Right. We can't even handle the amount of cases that we used to handle pre-pandemic and we can't do it because of safety. Wow. You know, we used to get pack a courtroom in 100, right. 150. Right. Can't do that anymore. Can't wow. be wall-to-wall people like it used to. So because it's reduced down to 25, and it mm. has been like that for about almost a year, that means those cases just keep on right. keep on getting continued. So it takes longer um, to get into court. Right. So, And essentially, I guess people that maybe don't have to be in jail have to stay in there longer, right? If it's, if it's taking them long, if it's taking you all longer to get to them, because of the so that's a little different. If okay, you're, that's a little if different. you're in jail, you're going to come on a jail docket, and that's okay. going to roll. It could be five people in jail that day, or it's going to be forty people. Okay. That's going to run regardless. Okay, of, because you you have those constitutional rights to be heard, right? And it's going to you got to do that within fourteen days now. Okay. so that's always going to run and okay. be pretty effective. I'm speaking about people that are on bond, right? Which the majority of people now are, you know, bond pending trial. Those are those people that kind of get pushed out, mm-hmm. and those dockets are kind of limited to the numbers. Right. Judicial election coming up. It is coming up 2022. May third, twenty twenty two. Early voting is April thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> what what could what can people expect from Judge Walker, um, in another term? I think you're gonna get more of the same. If you like Walker now, then you're gonna you're gonna like her then. I am. Um, unapologetically authentic off and on the bench mm-hmm. um, I am firm but I'm fair uh, I try my best to be consistent I'm going to remain in the community and that's just where I belong and that's where I feel comfortable mm-hmm. um, Walker is no nonsense <laughs> sometimes you know sometimes that works for you sometimes that doesn't but right. it's just what it is when I and I'm telling you, I'm authentically, like, right. Allegra. That's just what it is. So um, sometimes my mouth gets a little slick, but at the end of the day, I'm going to do right by people. And that's I'm going to do right by part. the attorneys. You know, you might get an Auntie Allegra from the bench to kind of, like, look, mm-hmm. you know you shouldn't have done that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, you raised better than that. You right. know, you might get some of that. Right. But at the end of the day, it's in love. Mm-hmm. And it's probably what you need to hear. Not right. what you maybe want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. And it's always, it's going to be fair. It's just what it is. So yeah. I'm excited. That was the last question I had for you. All right. And um, I appreciate your time. And I hope, I know the viewers and the watchers are going to get a lot from this. Um, I think especially around co watching, especially around just building that 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 relationship, not mm-hmm. friendship, but building that respectful relationship. That, uh-huh. that, uh, respectful relationship. 
on better understanding what's happening in the courtroom and then better understanding and they can voice their better understanding on kind of what community would like to see or what community is is seeing that seeing that they feel is right or wrong that is happening and input is great yeah. i don't think any of these judges are the smartest right. uh people out there and i tell people i'm not the brightest bulb on the tree right. most days i shine pretty bright but right. i'm not the brightest <laughs> right. right right so i'm always open to suggestions right. of how something affected somebody or how you can do something better we can always improve what's, and do things better but that's part of the relationship and not you go run somebody's name on Facebook and Instagram, you know, as soon as you leave out. That's emotions. That's impulse. You know, we're going straight, we're going straight to social media. Yep. Um, what is the best way? I think I think that's a I think that's a good question. Maybe people don't know. What is the best way to voice concerns, opinions, uh, respectfully, everybody, respectfully, um, to you or the other ten judges um, that you preside with? I mean, it just depends on what it is. If you're talking in the context of a court watch mm-hmm. um, program, I think that's just going to come with building a relationship. Okay. A, I know who you are. Right. I've, you've been introduced to me. I know why you're there, right. first of all. So you're building that immediate rapport. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask you to come up to the front so you can hear, so you can fully engage with right. what's going on because all the action happens up front and not in the back. Right. And then we have an understanding. Um, if I have time, which, I mean, I always heck I don't control what other people do, but right. if time allows, then you can have a five or ten minute right. session with a judge. Just ask a question or two. Right. I don't know where you go wrong with that, right. and I don't know any judge that would say, "Nope, that's a bad idea. Okay. I don't want to do it." Does email, I don't know anybody that would do that. Does email work too? Because I'm sure, and I'm pretty sure this email is email works. However, <laughs> judges cannot talk to folks about pending cases okay. just can't do it and they're not you're not going to even get them to respond okay you'll never respond to that email because okay. i don't even want to hit the reply button right for you to then think that you know right. i just don't do it and it's crazy because right. people will sometimes reach out to me on facebook talking <laughs> about cases i'm just like okay and, I mean, I, and that's why it's important <laughs> for people to understand what's the best way to do it because and i, I can't resp- i don't even right, reply like right. i can't reply to facebook instagram snapchat or twitter by the way listening public you can't communicate to judges like that <laughs> look, look we all feel everybody should be responsible it's social media you it's know social, it's just, media. Uh, social media we social love media. it but we hate it <laughs> um any last words judge walker you want to live with the folks Social media, by the way, gets a lot of people in trouble, too. Most court cases I see with domestic violence all surrounds that social media and those cell phones. Oh, my goodness. I, it baffles me. It doesn't make sense to me. And it's just you're self-incriminating. You're, you're self-incriminating. Just press so, delete. And I don't, I, I, I can't, I don't have no sympathy just for people. Just press the delete that, button. That do. It just, <laughs> if you want to try to go viral and get arrested. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, that's, that's what you want to do. Um, any last words you want to leave with the folks, uh, Judge Walker? Um, just thanks for having me. This, is, this has been great. I was a little suspicious at first. Um, but this, this has, you know, I had to call my campaign manager. I was like, what you think about him? I don't know if we should do this or not. Um, but anyway, the spirit led me to call you back to say I would agree to do that. This has been a great um, so I look forward to bigger things that you're doing in for the sure. community. For sure. Um, I think it's it's needed. 
Um, elections are going to be great. I think it's going to make Nashville even better uh, come spring and summer of 2022. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Nashville is it's on the right track. And I'm just a part of being I'm I'm blessed to even be a part of this and the impact that I have um, on people on a day to day basis. I'm just blessed even I just am. This year and next year I think is gonna really mold and shape Nashville going forward. Mm-hmm. We have judges, we have like judicial elections and then you have council twenty twenty three. I think people get out there to vote, research, do what you need to do, especially if you plan on being here in Nashville because those are decision makers on a lot of levels. And, and so, women are doing their thing in politics too. Hey. Gotta love it. Like 2014 ushered the largest number of women elected to the bench. You gotta love it. Mm-hmm. And then for me personally, I especially love when black women are in those positions because that wasn't always the case, you know. And it's still it's still difficult, you know. And you, mm-hmm. especially when you have folks telling you, "Hey, I don't think that Nashville will elect a female or a black female judge," you know. So. Um, all the women out there, Let's all hear the it girls, for the naysayers. yeah, <laughs> get out there, go, go for it, you know, go for it for sure. Yep. Um, Judge Walker, thank you for your time. You're most welcome, and um, I look forward to just talking to you more and learning myself even more about. We'll what's find happening. a pizza place that's open. Oh yeah, you know everybody knows. <laughs> I should probably be 300 pounds. <laughs> I appreciate your time. Thank you. You're welcome.